Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to our weekly edition of 52 Players. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the longtime Sony Red. Uh, music executive and the the president over there and wow what a career he's put together uh just amazing still going strong but after 30 years in in the business with sony and bmg and uh red which originally if i remember correctly was important record distributors and then uh and he, he came over there and i just changed the, the world there but he's worked with everyone that you could imagine, uh, from Springsteen to Dylan to Billy Joel to Beyonce, uh, and just a whole host of others throughout his career. The Bee Gees, uh, Bon Jovi, Buddy Guy, you talk about uh, diversity here too. Bob Morelli is our very special guest, and what a career he's had. It's still going strong. He is celebrating celebrating his first anniversary uh, as, as the head of his own firm, Cool is Forever, and it's just, uh, it, it's doing terrific. Absolutely thrilled to have you, Bob. How are you, Bob hey, Morelli? I'm doing great. What an intro. Thank you, Frank. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, listen, it's well-deserved. And uh, before we get into Cool is Forever, maybe we can get a little bit uh, of your history, the proper history, and, and start from the sure. beginning, if you would. Um, where were you born? Where were you raised? Uh, New York, uh, Queens, New York. And I've been here all my life. And um I'll give you the cliff notes of uh, 60 years. How's that? <laughs> yeah. um, I, I went to college to become a dietitian, And when I was in college, I started working at a record shop. And uh, when I graduated college, I decided I didn't want to put on a white lab coat and deal with people's sodium counts. Uh, I wanted to deal with uh, popular music. So I started working retail, uh, which was, you know, fun. And then I opened my my own indie record shop. It was called Something Else Records. It was on Long Island, named after an Eddie Cochran song. Yeah. And it was uh, modeled after Bleaker Bobs and Sounds, which were two hipster Was that Farmingdale? In... Not to interrupt, was it? Uh, it was in Merrick, actually. No, right, okay. It was in Merrick, and it, it was modeled after a couple of, you know, really classic uh, independent record stores uh, in the day. And and now that 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 continues with people like Looney Tunes on Long Island and you know Amoeba on the West Coast and you know all, all those cool independent stores. From there, I got hired um, as a salesperson at Polygram, which is where you talked about Bon Jovi and the Bee Gees and Gloria Gaynor and Donna Summer and all that stuff. And I did that for seven years, then shifted over to RCA Records. Um, which kind of merged into a distribution company, which eventually was BMG Distribution. And that was, you know, amazing. And I did that for a, a whole bunch of years. And I, and I really moved up from a salesperson to a director, to a vice president, to a senior director, uh, excuse me, a, a vice president, a senior vice president. And then um, BMG merged with Sony. And I became the executive vice president, general manager of Sony BMG. And that that lasted for five years, and then they dissolved, and they went on their separate ways. And then from there, I moved over to Sony's independent world, which was Red Distribution and then Red Music, which was a startup label they did. And I did that for 14 years as the president. And then a couple of years ago, I left there, and I started my own consulting company, and that's Cool is Forever Consulting. 
um, www.coolisforever.net. And um, I've been doing that with uh, the core is me and a uh, partner who does digital marketing and social strategies. And then I add on, you know, other indies um, as needed radio influencer, you know, publicity, uh, you know, vinyl manufacturing, etc. Um, and I'm, I'm helping artists and labels primarily navigate the music industry. And I'll write, you know, marketing timelines and plans. Um, I'll connect them to whomever they need. Um, I'll do a little bit of an a and thing. Um, and it's kind of they get to rent, you know, a former big shot record company executive at a fraction of the price. Just uh, amazing. And uh, the fact that you could sum it up uh, that uh, succinctly in, uh, in such a short uh, in, in kind of such a short bubble is just uh, is amazing because there's a lot in there and you could probably easily go off on every little thing for a, a book and a half on every aspect that you just mentioned there. Frank McKay here. If you're just joining us or just turning on your radios a little late, Bob Morelli is our very special guest and longtime record executive. And now. Uh, he is in charge of his own consulting firm, and it's uh, it's terrific. Everyone's raving about the work he's doing there. Cool is forever. You can go to coolisforever.com, and uh, you could uh, you, you could see all about what he's doing. But in the meanwhile, Bob Morelli is here with me, Frank McKay. Uh, Bob, somehow when when people uh, start in retail, uh, it, they always have a. a a special place in my heart because uh, I think you're seeing the you're seeing the actual um, the, the makings of, of what happens there people are coming in and buying these you know back then vinyl right you mentioned bleaker Bob. Right. Uh, you know, if, if you just hang out at Bleaker Bob's, you know, back then, and, and and you would learn a lot about what people are thinking and what people are hearing. How much of a an impact do you think it had on your career? Uh, the fact that you started in retail and you were actually talking to people about what they liked, and you weren't just reading statistics and data and and so forth. Uh, how much of an yeah. impact did it uh, did it have uh, working your ground? You know, from the ground floor. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was really really a lot of fun. I mean, doing my own store was totally a blast. But even working for other type of places, there was a big department store years back called Corvettes that had a wonderful music department that I was a manager of, and it was Sam Goodies and those type of places. But it really it was a lot of fun. Um, just as you said, you know, you're talking to the people who are coming in. I mean, some of it was a little wacky. It was like, uh, do you have this record that has, uh, uh, I don't know who the band is, but it has love in the title. <laughs> well, well, that just narrows it down to like a gazillion. But, but, but other than that, it really, um, you know, you kind of, it's where the rubber hits the road, you know. And now um, a bunch of those independent stores that are doing so well, they have, you know, live bands playing as, as you know, one of the promotions that they offer. And, and I did that, you know, in my in my recent life at, you know, running Sony's independent world, you know, I took lovely, the band or I took Warren Haynes or I took Phoenix, um, to these stores and they'd play for, you know, 50 to a hundred kids that would lose their mind. And those become super fans and fans for life. The way, you know, I grew up with, you know, the Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin. Now these kids will grow up, you know, loving these bands because they get to see them. And, you know, they're, 
you know, 15 feet away from them, you know, versus going to, you know, Madison Square Garden or something like that, or even a club, uh, which is, you know, a little bit restrictive. So I, it really is, is a, a big favorite part of my, my life. Now, I've obviously loved being on the other side, you know, creating the marketing plans and putting together, you know, um, th these, these records and a timeline that you can actually present to a retail store, whether it's now mostly a digital store like Spotify or it's Apple or it's Amazon or Pandora, um, in addition to the physical stores. But um, I really, really have loved both sides of it. You know, if you go back and and you mentioned Corvettes, I, I remember buying, you know, and I was a, I was a nine-year-old, I think. Uh, I bought Kiss Alive at, at, um, at Corvettes in West Iceland. And... Mm -hmm. uh, and and to me, you know, you've seen if you were around, you know, back then, right? If you were around, you know, to to witness that, you've seen pre MTV, then you've seen post MTV, and then you know you you get up to the all the different aspects, and you know you mentioned the Stones and Zeppelin, you know, of course that's you know, way uh, way before uh, MTV, but you get up to Napster. And you know you've mentioned digital a couple of times here, and that's where where we are. But when uh, when you get to Napster, the whole world just turns upside down, and uh, and and the music business is uh, I guess shaken to you know to its core, and has to pivot and has to dramatically change what it's doing. Now you correct me, you 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 know certainly at a much higher level than I was watching it from. Uh, but uh, what, what happened with uh, Napster was it is uh, as cataclysmic as uh, a change as I'm making that out to be. Yes, it, it was it was awful. I mean, I'm of the mind, and I think you know, hopefully other people are too. That artists should get paid for their art, and there was a big stretch where that didn't happen. And, you know, the music was free and, you know, kids perhaps didn't realize they were doing anything wrong. But to me, it was analogous of walking into, you know, the gap and putting, you know, shirts and pants under your coat and walking out. And it, it just it, and it really had a terrible effect. Many companies, you know, kind of either went away or got smaller. Many of my of my friends and and, you know, peers that I worked with lost their jobs and um, it was a very rough period for several years, and it actually sort of came alive. Um, people came out of it and got more alive uh, when Apple started doing iTunes you know, downloads. And there was a legal way for somebody to buy one song. Because um, that was the you know the, the you know the issue was why do you know dopey record companies make us buy the full album or the full cassette or the full CD when there's only one or two good songs on it? So then Apple comes and offers iTunes downloads for ninety nine cents or what have you, and that was the beginning of kind of the the um, you know reimagining the music industry, and then that obviously evolved into the whole streaming world which is even though the, the streaming services you know don't pay a ton per stream um really has resurrected uh the music industry and now it's a healthy industry again cool is forever is the name of the company it is a must if you are trying to make it in a very complicated and difficult business and who better to help guide you than bob morelli 
a, a big shot, uh, an honest to goodness uh, big shot in the in the business from many years. But someone who has also seen this uh, this uh, this business of ours or the music business, uh, however you want to look at it, uh, from the ground level and every level you could possibly imagine, from uh, from the Beyonces of the world to Springsteens to uh, uh, you know he mentioned Lovely the band and talking about some independent groups uh, post Napster and uh, you know far post Napster, uh, Bob Morelli is the guy cool as forever celebrating their their anniversary and uh just uh, an amazing uh, an amazing career just uh, just getting better oh thank you and better uh bob let me let me jump back to to the napster moment i don't know if that was 99 or if somewhere you know somewhere right around there <clears throat> if you think of this as a as as a fight or a boxing match or something and and napster um you know theft is what they basically were doing they were just stealing artist uh, material uh, when when Napster gave that uppercut to the music business, you you said you know when uh, Sony uh, Sony came out with Apple Tunes and um, and, and kind of started solidifying uh, this, you know I, I almost think of it as like a fighter getting their legs back under them, and that was the music business um, figuring out, hey, what do we do about this? What do we figure? What do we do with Napster? Mm-hmm. How long was that process between the uh, the shot heard around the world, which was uh, which was Napster, and um, uh, you know them kind of getting their their feet, holding on to the ropes, and 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 maintaining themselves uh, to getting to that point. How long a, a period of time was that? I mean, it was it, it came on sort of uh, you know almost. So I do like an analogy or a metaphor to the pandemic. It was kind of like you heard about something that was kind of you know lousy and you know, starting to hurt people, but like, oh, that was over there, and that's not going to affect me. And then, like, before you know it, it's like on top of you, and you know, everybody's you know getting sick and you know closing down for a minute. And that's what was with with Napster and people, you know, kind of stealing the music. It was sort of you know you heard about it, and then before you knew it, it was on top of you. And you know, record companies, as virtually all businesses businesses are, you know, on a a, a monthly or a quarterly. Um, you know, business model where they're looking at their, you know, their sales and their profits and the P&L, et cetera. And, you know, people were stunned because, you know, people aren't selling things anymore because people were just, kids were, you know, taking them. And again, I think for the most part, kids didn't realize that it was a lousy thing to do, but um, it was happening. And, um, you know, there's other ways companies make music, obviously. There's, you know, touring and there's merch and there's you know sync and licensing and you know many other ways but you know the core is selling your music whether it's the olden days with you know vinyl cassette cd or then it was downloads and now it streams and if you know if, if that main part of what you're doing is taken away then that was pretty dramatic it really was but as i said you know the companies were savvy enough to you know come out of it and uh, I don't think, uh, you know, a ton of, you know, kids are going to feel super sorry for these super big, you know, rich companies. But uh, to me, it was not as much about the company. It was about, you know, the artists that were really not being compensated. And if it was, you know, a superstar artist, well, it didn't matter. But for these young kids who, you know, have been playing in their garage since they are you know, 14, and now they finally put something out and they're 19 or 22, and they weren't getting paid. That that was not a great thing. Well, one last question on on the Napster situation. Uh, do you remember the the moment? Do you remember a um, 
And, and you made a good analogy with the uh, with the pandemic. I, I mean, my my moment for the pandemic, I think, was uh, March 18, 2020, when uh, they canceled the NBA, the rest of the NBA season, and then all other sports kind of followed through. Uh, you know, followed suit there. And I think also on that that time, Tom Hanks. And, and Rita Wilson, were mm-hmm. they got it. And at that point, we didn't know whether that was a death sentence. And they were over in Australia. And, you know, here we are hearing this, these, uh, you know, these two big stars. And that, to me, was, was that moment. Uh, w- what about uh, Napster? Was there a moment where the CEO of Sony, if, 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 and I'm trying to think of your timeline, whether, whether BMG was already, uh, already um, absorbed at that point or, or merged, um, was, was there a point where... Uh, the CEO called you all of you guys together and said, "Okay, listen, this is, this is a big deal. This is complicated." When I mean, you know, uh, do you remember yeah. a moment like that in the industry? I mean, I, I I'm sure that there was something like that, but you know, major companies. Again, I'm I'm referring to music companies, but it's, it's it's similar with virtual. You know, if this was Coke or Pepsi or it was Ford or you know Tesla, or, you know, major companies, the executives are having um, several big marketing strategy meetings, you know, per week, you know, and, and, and oftentimes daily. Um, and, and that's really what it was. It was either something is lousy, you know, getting in the way of us, you know, breaking, you know, you know, run the jewels or, you know, or Jason Aldean or, or, you know, Creed or, you know, you know, childish Gambino, or there's something super, you know, positive going on that we need to, uh, maximize, you know, that we just got a big tour, or you know, they're playing Jimmy Fallon, and we got Saturday Night Live, or they're playing halftime at the Super Bowl. Um, so that that's just part of the, you know, the daily, uh, you know, hourly conversation is constantly uh, adapting to the changing, you know, marketing environment and taking advantage of it or trying to stop, you know, the lousy crap. So. You know, it's a little bit of both. Hopefully, it's much more of the uh, the former of uh, you know creating drivers and maximizing the drivers. So, you know, we kind of expose the music to more kids. But that that really is something that goes on, you know, literally daily in every company. Bob Morelli is the voice that you're hearing, and he is the former Sony Red president and and so many so many more titles we could just start listing under there uh incredible career that he's had cool as forever is the name of his uh his company and we're going to get into that uh right as uh, as we speak here but i mean it's it's a complicated world and oh i guess it always has been uh but uh, may, maybe never more so than it is now and if you walked away let me just remind everyone you're listening to breaking it down frank mckay here in our 52 players series and bob morelli is our very special guest uh, former head of sony red and uh, now the the president of uh, his consulting firm coolers forever when you go to coolersforever.com you can kind of get a a broader picture and a more uh, direct picture but here we are with the president of that. Let, let's talk about uh, Coolers Forever, uh, the the expectations of what you thought it would would be like to uh, to to do this exact venture, and, and the realities of it. How far apart are they? Well, I'll give I'll give you again. I'll try to do this briefly, uh, Frank. Um, by the way, it's it's uh, CoolersForever.net. So if I'm anybody sorry, want, okay. want, yeah, no worries. It's uh, that's that's all I can get when I uh, put it together. Um, 
And what, what I think I do best, and I may have touched on this earlier, is I uh, help people navigate the music industry. Uh, it's very complicated. If you were going to, she said, hey, I like going out to eat, so I'm going to open up a restaurant. And then you, you sit there and you go, oh, where do I get the napkins? And, you know, who puts in the sound system? And how, where do I buy chairs from? And, you know, the, the flooring and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's sort of what I do because I'm dealing now primarily with, um, you know, artists and labels. I do have some some just industry partners uh, that I consult, um, a wonderful um, uh, tech data company out of the UK called BeatChain. But it's mostly artists who are super talented and they just need somebody to point them in the right direction and uh, after I do that, connect them with, uh, I mean, there's so many different aspects of how you develop and break an artist. So who are, the, who are the five publicists I can introduce them to? And who's going to do digital advertising? And what is the social media strategy, not only for Instagram and TikTok, uh, but if it's an older demo for Facebook and so on and so forth? Uh, how do they get their music onto uh, the accounts, the, the DSPs, digital service providers? How do you get it on Spotify and Apple? There's distribution companies. There's labels. There's do-it-yourself people. Do, do you want merch? Do you want vinyl? You know, on and on and on. So to, to a fair degree, I'm, um, I'm, I'm giving them advice. I'm a giant traffic cop. And then ultimately... I will help them write the marketing plan, meaning, okay, so we have an 18th month, 18 month plan. Radio will come in month nine, not in month one. Social media will come in month one, not in, and it'll be consistent throughout the whole project. We're trying to get a booking agent. So you, do you do a club tour or do you get on a, you know, a, a, an opening act tour, so on and so forth. So that's really what I'm doing. And it's, it's very much fun. It's rewarding. And I think I think I'm helping you know these guys out. Um, I have my my past did a lot of work in Nashville uh, with uh, Jason Aldean and Dustin Lynch and Jason Isbell and Thompson Square and so on and so forth. Um, so I do have a few you know country artists, Nashville-based artists that I'm dealing with. I have some pop artists. I have some hip-hop crossover artists, uh, singer-songwriter. So. Uh, it's across the board, and since I've been doing this for a minute, um, you know, I have a lot of connections. You know, when you mention uh, that you're working with labels and uh, and bands, uh, it, it's almost it, it seems almost like two different divisions uh, because again, the goals are you know I guess in some ways the same, but but really uh, with with bands, I always think of and I I came from the management end of the music business uh and uh, you know I, I think of herding cats often with uh with with bands and with a label you would think that there's there's a, a more centralized um uh set of circumstances that uh, that you can that you can deal with uh, you'll correct me if i'm if i'm wrong but on on those different fronts does it feel like uh it's it's two different divisions or uh, does it feel like you're just doing the same well, um, if I'm working with a label, then, you know, you, you look, maybe perhaps it's a little bit of a, you know, a 30,000 foot view. And it's a little bit more, you know, strategic. Um, and it can almost be like, you know, Booz Allen-esque where I'm, you know, looking for the efficiencies. Um, so that's, you know, that's, uh, 
that that would be ubiquitous to any industry. Um, but essentially, even speaking to a label, it all filters down to the artists that they they are you know they have signed that they will need assistance with, which then becomes if an artist reaches out to me independently and needs assistance, you know that that becomes virtually the same. Um, oftentimes not only do I put together a marketing plan for these guys, but I have to do it in a very cost efficient manner. When I'm, when I previously was at Sony, my budgets were, you know, from Sony. So if you wanted to put together a radio campaign that cost, you know, $150,000, then that was what you did because, you know, you were being supported financially by a major company. That stuff obviously becomes prohibitive when you're dealing with a, an artist who's self-funding. So, you know, I try to adapt the the advice and, and the marketing recommendations to people's budgets, quite frankly. Bob Morelli is the is the head founder of Coolers Forever. If you go to coolersforever.net, you can uh, you can certainly find out a lot more uh, about it right in front of you at your fingertips. And and Bob uh, was the long uh, standing. Uh, 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 music business professional and, and he wore a lot of different hats but uh, what a career that he's had still going strong here with Cool is Forever Bob Morelli we have him for a couple moments longer Frank McKay here with Bob uh, Bob it, back in in the old days you know before digital uh, it was it was essential to get a record deal and and you know SIR you know the, one of the two mm-hmm. SIR studios uh, it were, were a great place to showcase bands and and you know they were in walking distance of uh, of the different labels and and if not a quick uh, cab ride and it was a, it, it was a, a pretty straightforward process as far as as far as shopping either you you got a deal you didn't get a deal nowadays I. I imagine you've said to certain pro- uh, projects or, s- or certain bands, you don't necessarily need a deal. But correct me if I'm I'm wrong. Uh, is is the deal is the record deal the end all, or is sometimes someone better off uh, going at it on their own? I mean, it's it's it, it could go either way. I mean, I and and I do do this. Uh, can put together a team that is exactly what a record company a label would offer. I can give you every every aspect from radio to publicity to digital advertising to influencers to manufacturing to distribution to sync licensing. I could put that together, and I do. And that's a, a an artist or a band who wants to be independent or has just not – I wasn't able to get a label deal with. Now, on the on the flip side – if you get a, and by the way, and the artist then owns their masters, which is a big deal. Um, if you sign with a label, especially a major label, when you have the clout of a major label, which is formidable, um, and oftentimes they will advance money to pay for all those things I just mentioned. Now it's all recoupable, so as as the artist starts earning income from streams or touring, etc., they pay back the label. Um, but you know you have the the the, the cachet of a major label. Uh, you have the the sort of the advance financial help from a major label. Um, but then they own your your copyrights. You know those are usually royalty based deals. So there's sort of pros and cons to each. Um, 
and labels are very you know picky about what they're uh, who they're signing um and it's not it's not exclusively on is the music amazing and do we have a hit single sometimes is the lane filled up meaning all right i have two female vocalists so i'm not going to sign another female i need a band or i have you know two boy groups and i i uh, you know i i don't need another a boy group um so you know it, there's a whole it, it's very nuanced and um there there isn't a an exact yes or no answer there's advantages and disadvantages to each bob morelli once again is a very special guest uh former sony uh red president and and so much more now he is in charge of coolers forever we've got another minute or two left with bob and if you go to coolersforever.net uh, you, again right at your fingertips if you are a band or, or a label uh looking for guidance i i can't i personally can't think of uh anyone better to get than bob his reputation precedes him and i i speak to a lot of folks in the business this this guy is as good as it gets and 30 plus years in the business and and more uh bob I've got about a, a minute or two left. What can you tell a band listening now? What can you tell a label uh, listening now? Um, what they're uh, what they're in for if they're just getting out there and they really uh, they they uh, don't have a lot of experience. What can you tell them in a, a minute or two? And and how do they contact you? I mean, not to be corny, but it really always comes down to the music. Um, you know, if you make great music, then you have a shot. I mean, it's kind of like a baseball batting stance. Like I, I, I could, you know, put them, you know, I, I can tell them to bend their knees and I can tell them to, you know, look at the, at the pitcher's hand and swing level. I can't guarantee a hit, but I'll put them in the best position so they possibly can get a hit. But it, if the music, you know, sucks, if it's lousy, then, uh, the greatest marketer or, or strategist in the world will have a difficult time. So I would say start with your art, start with creating good music, whatever genre or format you're in is fine because, you know, everything is, is great. And there's lots of opportunities vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, the account playlist and streaming opportunities or, you know, clearly, you know, your socials and then touring and all that stuff. And again, what I do is I, I oftentimes tell people, um, as much of what to do is I tell them what not to do and that's if they're not ready for it or that marketing driver isn't the timeliness isn't isn't appropriate oftentimes that's radio people want to be on the radio but getting your song on the radio is a is a is a is a tough thing to do and in the marketing timeline it, most times it comes at the end uh, after you've done all the other stuff, the touring, the socials, the targeted advertising, the influencers, etc. Um, so I guess they, you know, they, they could reach out to me. They could look at me on, as you've been kind enough to mention a few times, Frank, my, my website, uh, coolestforever.net. And I, I'm available vis-a-vis -vis monthly retainers or one-off Zoom calls, which are inexpensive, and I just give people advice, and I'm pretty straightforward. Listen, absolutely terrific, and I, I want to congratulate you not only on, on, on your anniversary 
coolisforever.net, everyone, is where you have to go. But, Bob, uh, your, your whole career, the body of work that you put together and the quality within that body of work is just tremendous. you got to look back and be very proud of what you've done and, uh, you know, I imagine optimistic about what's coming on in the future. Bob Morelli, thank you very much for being here. All right, terrific. Thanks for taking the time. I'll speak to you all soon. Bob Morelli, everyone has been our very special guest coolestforever.net go there and check it out by the way the one off um, zoom call sounds like a, a, a terrific thing to do you want to get somebody a, a present or you're looking out for a, a, you know a child or a, um, you know an offspring that's going into the business and and before they start making decisions you get an opportunity to talk to to a pro somebody who's who's been at it for over 30 years but I, you know at the highest levels um, we're, we're talking about here it's not you know he, he hasn't been banging around in the clubs and and whatever I mean he's been at the highest level Levels and he's seen it from the uh, the retail level as well. But uh, but really, I mean, this is the guy to call. Bob Morelli has uh, been the uh, president of Sony Red uh, for years and uh, and executive uh, vice uh, president of uh, of of BNG when they were merging with Sony, which was a you know, very interesting time period. I wish I had more time to talk to him about that. That was a fascinating uh, uh, switch uh, in that whole uh, monster conglomeration there but uh bob morelli is the head of coolest forever go to coolestforever.net uh don't try to do this on your own and and uh if you don't do a, a, a monthly retainer uh, check out the uh check out the one off that sounds like a terrific idea to do and it's something you want to do for a, a friend a loved one before they go at it and and spend a lot of money doing uh making some terrible mistakes bob morelli has been our very special guest frank mckay signing off we'll see you all next time on 52 players